thinking about some uh, huge prayer request that, that you've been praying for for maybe decades and you're still waiting for God to, to show up. But re really what God does miraculously is, is changing lives. And we've already heard a testimony about that. And even last night we heard uh, many stories about how God has been faithful over not only just a few moments, but over time. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to expect another miracle uh, from God this morning. He's going to take a 45-minute message and make it nine minutes, all right? So, <laughs> so uh, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm kind of one of those pastors that like to over-prepare rather than under-prepare, and so I knew uh, this service would be, be tight, and so all those who participated did exactly how we asked you to do it. And so I'm just going to take what uh, God had prepared and try to hit the most uh, important points for us to ponder on this day. So let's ask for God to do the miraculous and look to him in prayer. Father, we pray that, that you might open up our ears and our hearts to what you want to say to us, and might we say that which is most important. Might we not diminish the power and truth out of your word, but might we just focus on its meaning and its application for us. Help us not to look around literally or figuratively, but let's look at ourselves personally to see what you want to say to us on this day, that we celebrate 50 years of being in a community and in communities, as we saw and heard today, uh, with just a desire to be a blessing as we have been blessed. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, this morning kind of culminates a, a series in which we have been emphasizing change, uh, using the biblical term transformation. And some who might be here for the first time, you wonder, what is this on the stage? Why, uh, why do you have all these things here? And really, we're going to be seeing that uh, through the video a little bit, what, what has happened, because what we, what we took was a, a simple idea that, that is you think about the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is, is for us to come and, and realize that we need to get fixed. And I think all of us have had experience. I know I've had actually multiple experience of having uh, things go wrong with my, my car. I, I've been in a variety of different accidents. I, I'd like to say they were all somebody else's fault, not my own. Uh, but, but some things that happen in your life, they're, they're somewhat minor. You, maybe it's a fender bender and you look at it or maybe somebody hits you and you look on your car and there's nothing wrong, but on their car it was, it was all destroyed. And, and you just, you're just amazed how, how sometimes there can be destruction and sometimes there can be salvation from destruction. But as you, as you think about the experience of having to have your car, and we've talked about this in the past, of, of taking it into a, a garage, uh, an ABC restoration an establishment. You, you take it in because you know it, it needs to get fixed. And, and that's been the message. We don't need transformation. We don't need change unless we need transformation and we need change. And so as Jesus said, you know, a physician does not go to someone who is well. He goes to someone who knows that they are sick. And so hopefully you came to this place no matter where you are in your journey realizing that God is not finished with you yet. That there's still some things he wants to change and he, he wants to fix. And sometimes there, there's this misunderstanding about what a church is. In fact, I, I heard this even this past week. Well, I'm not sure I can come to church because that's for people who've got their act together. And maybe if you've been in church for a long period of time, maybe that can get subtly into your own experience with God and think, oh, you know, I've, I've got my act together. But if you're listening to God closely, you're realizing there's some other things he still wants to change in your life. And so as, as we have, have portrayed this on, on the platform, we took a car that was just totaled, and, and we began to, to see, is there any way we can restore it? 
And, and that first rest restoration was something that was hidden, and sometimes that's what people don't see. You, you, you can't have this spiritual x-ray that will look into a person's life and, and see what's on the inside, but for a, a car to get restored, particularly one that's been totaled, you, you've got to put something on the inside here, don't you? You've you got to put a new engine. Uh, because you can make it look good on the outside, but if there isn't something driving it on the inside, it will go nowhere. And so we looked at that whole process by which God transforms, that it begins on the inside. God needs to transform our heart. Therefore, my beloved brethren, therefore, I, I, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God. And, and precedes all that we look at in that passage in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, is the message of the ABCs, the message of the gospel through the first part of Romans, which talks about people admitting their need, knowing that they are far from God and need to turn to Him. Come to that point where God calls us to believe, which is simply trusting in Him and not ourselves. And then come to that point where calling upon the Lord, committing ourselves for Him to be the Lord, the leader of our life, as well as the Savior of our life. And He's our God, and, and we're, not, we're not following someone else other than Him. But once you give God your heart, it doesn't end there. And sometimes we think about the Christian life as being some mystical experience, and we're looking for some, you know, things that are out there. You know, what does it mean to be spiritual? I was asked that question this week. Uh, what does it mean for people to be spiritual? People talk about spirituality with all kinds of different beliefs. And you look at their life, and they don't seem to be different than anybody else. But what God says, if you've given me your heart, then I want you to present your body to me. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, because God has been merciful to you, now let that which has happened on the inside show on the outside. Present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Him. So, so God wants to take like that vehicle that was destroyed, and He says, I, I want you to do some body work on it. And we still struggle with things physically, don't we? And there, there are times we... We, we look at things we know we shouldn't look at, you know, or we don't see some things God wants us to see. We don't see a hurting person. We don't come up to them and, and be a blessing to help them. And, and that's the kind of the slogan of our church, to, to, to be a church that honors God by helping people in, in any way possible. And so God does some body work on us to say, God, I, God says to us, I, I want you to present every part of who you are to me. But it doesn't end there. God transforms us on the inside, our heart. He transforms us on the outside, everything that we do physically. And then he says, okay, I, I want you to understand how this happens on an ongoing basis. And he, he puts it both in the negative and the positive. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And then he tells us how, by the renewing of your mind. And, and we, we've talked in the past that as you take vehicles into the garage right now, they, they hook it up and they, they want to... They want to know what the computer says is happening in that vehicle. And if you want to hook up what's happening in your life, you, you, you hook up something to your mind. And I, I wanted to submit, submit this to you. As you look at the uniqueness of Christianity, the uniqueness of Christianity is that we don't put our brains on the shelf and say, I'm just believing something that, that's just wishful thinking. The, the reason we believe that Jesus Christ is who he claimed to be because the evidence is overwhelming. If God would become a man, what would he be like? He would be just like who? Jesus. Say the miraculous. Do the miraculous. Be prophetically confirmed that he is the one who was promised to come. 
He would come in a miraculous way, the virgin birth, and he would end like no other person had ended. He would die, but he would raise from the dead, giving hope for everyone. But not only that, he would give us truth to live on. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them, which simply means change them with truth. But, but that's where we've been. Well, what was supposed to be today? There's one more step. God wants to change our wills. And, and really, that, that's really where people miss that final step. And that, that's really what Dan said today. You know, I've heard this before. I've, you know, I have, the, I have the Jesus answers, the Bible answers, the, the church answers, but I'd never made that commitment to say, I'm following you. Jesus said that. He said, he told the fishermen, you know, drop your nets and follow me. And they had a choice, didn't they? Were they going to follow Jesus' will or their own will? And that's why that passage just goes on and says, when you choose to say God's will be done, not my will to be done, then you are on that journey to prove, to show that it really works, that God's will is good, acceptable, and what? Perfect. Now, that, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty big promise. If you follow God's will, you're going to experience that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, I'm only going to talk about one this morning. And, and I really believe this is, this is what trips most people up. Not only coming to know Christ, but also then following Christ. Because if you aren't convinced at the core of who you are, that if God wants to make changes, they are good changes. When God asks you to make a change or to follow his plan or his will in, in an area you don't want to follow his plan and his will, you'll say, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Because I, I think I'll be happier. I, I think I'll be more in tune of what I want to be if I go my path rather than his path. But if you're convinced that God is good, you say, just tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. Just one other simple object lesson this morning. Anybody know what this is? It's an apple, right? We've all seen apples. And if you've ever been in a store, you figure out, okay, I want, I want to buy some apples. And you say, well, if they're not buying a bag of them, you're buying individual ones. You say, well, how do I know what apple is the apple I ought to, ought to pick or the apples I, apples I want to pick? Now, if you're like me, I don't have any science to this. I, I look for a, an apple that looks what looks well if you take the first word it looks good right and how, how does an apple look good it, it looks kind of pretty on the outside right oh i like the colors you know they seem to be pretty bright or they seem to be pretty solid and and that's one of the words in the original language that talks about that which can be good things can be good looking and, and apples can look good but have you ever bit into an apple that looked good but it wasn't good on the inside well, see, that's the other word that the Bible uses for good. The other the word, it's a different Greek word that says, I want you to experience the goodness of God. And there the word isn't translated beautiful, but it's, it's translated or its meaning is to, to bite into that which is beneficial, that, that, that brings you benefit. Or to put that in the terms of decision all of us have to make on a, on a daily basis is, am I convinced 
that God is so good that when I exchange my will to his will, that life will be better. I don't mean easier. I don't mean it doesn't have sacrifices. I don't mean it's going to push you to do things at times you don't want to do. But I'm convinced that when my will is in line with God's will, life will be better now and for forever. And you know what God challenges us? There are a lot of times where we're, we're, play, we're told in Scripture, don't test God, because that's an actually an, a, a, a statement of disbelief. But there are times where God tells us to test Him. He tells us to test Him with our money and see that, that God will provide. But He also, even more holistically, says, test me with your life. In Psalm 34, 8, it says, O taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. He, he says, hey, take a bite out of the apple. And this is not the apple of Adam and Eve, all right? <laughs> this is the apple of God. And I don't know if you can hear the crunching, but this is a good apple. <laughs> it's an apple that makes life better. And I just want to challenge you this morning. As you think about God's invitation for you to follow him, understand to follow him is to say, God, I'm open for you to change me. And as we say, God, I'm open for you to change me. When you get to that crossroad where you say, I'm not sure I want to go down that path because it's not easy. It might involve some sacrifice. It might involve course direction. Uh, I, I would simply call you to remind yourself, is God good? And if, if God is good, wouldn't you want to trust him with your life? And if you've never tasted of the presence of God in your life, taste him today. There came a point in Dan's life where he had, he had a side. Am I going to commit my life to Christ or not? And, and then every day since that day, he wakes up and says, okay, if, is it going to be your will today or is it going to be my will? And every, he would say this. Every time he's gone down God's will and his way, it hasn't always been easy, but it's always been better. It's always been good. And it's always experienced the presence of God to align his life with that which is the best. Let's pray together. Father, you, you are such a good God. And this passage, that has so much in it. Not only are you good, but you do that which is acceptable, well-pleasing. And, and, and even if we wanted to end it all, what better term could we use that your will is perfect? But often we doubt that. And Father, I would pray for anyone here that has never made that step. Might today, they, they recognize because you are good, they can, can commit their life to you. It's simple, but it's not easy. And for us who might be struggling with issues in our life, maybe some painful experiences, maybe some, some really challenges that seem to be overwhelming, maybe even doubts or, or listening to voices that are bringing us down the wrong path. 
Help us understand this is the most important decision to determine who God is. And not after determining who God is, which is Jesus. Determining that Jesus is good. And that when we trust him with our lives, we experience what God has always intended for us to have. A relationship with the one who made us. And then the one who sent his son to die for us. Thank you that you can change. And you can do the miraculous in our own lives. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.